decide what your line is, your family line. Is it that you're never going to miss a football game? Is it that you're never going to miss a birthday? What is your line? And then make sure that you put boundaries around those things. If you get an opportunity or you know something comes your way or you have a new client and you know it's going to interfere with XYZ, just make sure you state that up front. Tell the client, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this or whatever. But put boundaries around whatever your line is and then protect it. Hey, welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this podcast is especially made for you if you are a highly ambitious businesswoman, you take your business very seriously, and you know that this entire experience is one long journey. Welcome to the entire Biz Women Rock community. There are thousands of other women entrepreneurs just like you who are on this journey with you. My job here at the podcast is to be able to give you some insights, really deep and soul-fulfilling conversations about this journey, strategies that might help you along, and words of encouragement so that you can have the most joy possible. You're jumping into a special series that I'm running right now called the Mompreneur Series because not only have I been a mompreneur for the past two and a half years, but there are so many other women entrepreneurs who also are mothers. Now, whether you are a mother or not, I promise you that listening to each and every one of these incredible conversations with these women will teach you something, at least one or two nuggets that you will walk away with that will allow you to maybe work your business a little bit better, implement a strategy that somebody talked about, and most importantly, make you feel connected and that we are all in this game together. So enjoy the Mompreneur series on the Biz Women Rock podcast. I've had the privilege of knowing Kim Garst for quite some time now. And this time, the social media diva is having a conversation with me that has nothing to do with social media. When she had her first son 27 years ago, she took one look at her newborn and decided in an instant that all of her plans to go to law school and have a big legal career were out the window. A few months later, the realities of going from a dual income family to a single income family hit and Kim realized that she needed to make something happen. So she got quote unquote online, which back then looked like message boards and chat rooms. She taught herself tons of tech so she could build websites and pretty soon she was taking phone calls from people she was chatting with over the message boards to secure her first clients. It took her five years to make her first $60. Kim and I have a very real conversation about her journey as a mompreneur, how she remembers taking phone calls while sitting on the floor playing Legos with her kids, how she worked tons of nights after the kids went down and all the quote-unquote mistakes she made along the way. When I asked Kim about the moments when she felt the pull, which is what I call that feeling when you feel pulled between your business and the kiddos, she tells a story about the time when she chose speaking at a conference that was happening during her son's 16th birthday. She's candid about the fact that she's not proud of that decision, 
but talks about the grace we all need to give ourselves when we make the wrong choices because we are going to. We also talk about creating boundaries for yourself, knowing what you will and will not let impede with family time and how discovering these boundaries takes doing the work to know what kind of mom and businesswoman you want to be. Kim is refreshingly honest about her journey and I am so excited to share it with you. Kim, what is going on? I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here, Katie. Oh my gosh. We were at Social Media Marketing World just a few months ago and I'm like, we're in the same town and why does it take us coming all the way across the country to connect? So I'm excited that we had the opportunity to connect, reconnect. Reconnect, I know. You invited me and I'm excited. So here we are. It's so great. Literally, like in all of the years that I've known you, I think that we've seen each other in person in our town, maybe twice, three times? In our town, right, right. That's what's crazy ridiculous, frankly. (laughs) Now, the good news is we were realized it was crazy ridiculous and we did make an opportunity to ha- sit down and have some coffee and hopefully we'll do that again. Such is the life of like the online business person who finally realizes like, oh, I need to reconnect with my offline roots here, right? We need to pull those friends we have out of the computer. <laughs> oh, seriously, I'm glad that I'm not the only one who feels that. I go through waves of like, oh, okay, I really need to like have coffee with a friend or I need to go have a drink with a friend. Like I proactively have to go out and find that. Yeah, I mean, I did this little image one time graphic for my fan page and it was something to the effect, hey, I love my computer because my friends are in it. (laughs) And it's true, like... When you live or or are as immersed into the online spaces we are, a lot of our friendships and our relationships happen virtually, right? So it's crazy. Sometimes we forget that there's amazing things that happen in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So I am so honored that you're here. Just a little note, you were on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it must have been three and a half, maybe even almost four years ago. It was like within that first year. Yeah. Been a minute, like the kids say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're back and I'm excited to have you here for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're talking mamas and babies and businesses. And that's kind of like the topic of our discussion today and how you have lived this whole life running all of these different evolutions of businesses and running all the different evolutions of the family and the kids. And also because I just have loved on those few times that I have seen you and absolutely from afar via the computer, I have loved watching your own revolution and your own evolution of all that you've been going through. I am just really honored that you're here to be able to talk about it all. So thanks for being here. That's my honor, honestly. (laughs) I've watched your progression in the online space and how you are serving and and making a difference for women entrepreneurs. And that's my heart. I mean, that's why I do what I do. It's why you do what you do. We as moms... I think can totally relate to one another because we're, yeah. we're there, we're going through it all. We wear like a thousand and one hats, it seems like most days and sometimes simultaneously, most times simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there was like a picture of all the hats we could wear, I just wonder what we would look like. <laughs> uh, there's 80 gazillion of them. Um, how old are your kids now? My kids are, let's see, 27, both just had birthdays, 23 and 27. Wow. So just a tad bit older possibly than some who still have those little ones at home. (laughs) Well, no. And this is why I really wanted to talk to you specifically because throughout this entire series, I'm talking to women who have little ones. I'm talking to women who are kind of in the middle into the teenage years and definitely some who are like out of the house. 
and they're all once a mother, always a mother, right? Absolutely. And once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. So that mothering part never really stops, and it is an evolution. So when you first had your kids, were you already in business for yourself? Were you are already working? No. In fact, when I had my first child, I was actually literally getting ready to go to law school. And the moment they laid him in my arms, I was like, okay, wow, I can't do this. It was that immediate. I mean, I worked, I was working for an attorney at the time as a paralegal. Both of my boys were 13 days late. I mean, literally both. I don't even know how that's possible, but I was scheduled for inducement the next day for both. And I guess both figured, hey, I'm, they're going to rip me out of here anyway. I got. I guess I better come on out. <laughs> but I worked up until my due date with my first child because I was like, I'm coming back. I have my time off my scheduled six weeks or whatever it was at the time. I'll be back. And let's just say my perspective totally changed in a moment. Well, you know, it's like an instant bond and an an immense, overwhelming feeling of love. I mean, you love them before, but when they're like real and you're holding them and it just changed my world and all my decisions and everything that I had planned for up until that moment, because I'm the first one in my family to get a college degree. And here I was thinking I was going to go to law school. It was a big deal. And then... My son was born and life shifted and I never have looked back. It's never, I've never regretted it. Uh, Obviously I wouldn't be where I am today if that moment hadn't happened. Was that scary for you at the time? Because it did all change in an instant and you had, I'm sure, some expectations in your head as to, and expectations that you told everyone else about returning back to work and I'm sure a professional path that you had seen. Was there some fear that you experienced there or maybe even just some sort of like emotional chaos of like, oh my gosh, what do I now do? I didn't plan for this. Well, once I made the decision, which was pretty instant, that that wasn't what I was going to do, that I just put it off. My thought was I just put it off for a bit. And then the bit became more and more. And then money concerns quickly came to the forefront because we went from two incomes to one. And we were young and naive. We thought we could do it. But it quickly became a borrow from Peter to pay Paul scenario. You know, my husband was in the military at the time and they don't make a ton of money. And so it was one of those things where we managed to survive. Well, it was getting really bad. It took me about five years to make my first $60 online. Back then, there were no online resources. You couldn't watch YouTube videos until your eyes bled or read blog posts until you fell asleep at night (laughs) or find great books on internet marketing. None of that was there at that point in time. So I literally just had to figure it out. And it took a lot of time. One, I was of a generation where you didn't have computers in your home. I'd never even seen a computer until I went to college. All the things, the tech aspects of how we our kids are coming along now where they're super techie and they can, you know, they know things we don't know. That wasn't my world. It was a totally different environment. And I didn't even know you could copy and paste when I started trying to figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to make money online. It's been a journey uh, for sure. But the whole process started the moment he was born. Wow. So obviously... During that time, if you say it took about five years for you to like officially make money, right? Your first 60 bucks and your kids are four years apart. I mean, you were kind of like trying to figure it out, trying to figure out all that tech, trying to figure out what you should do while they were newborns, infants, toddlers, right? Yes. I mean, there would be... 
so many days where I was sitting on the floor with playing Legos and then there wasn't as much, most people didn't do a lot of business over the internet. They were, were very untrustworthy of even putting their credit card out there. So I was spending a lot of time just building relationships or connecting with people. I call it old school social media because I was connecting with people on B2B boards or AOL business chat rooms, for those who know what that means even. <laughs> Go back that far. But I was connecting with those people and then sharing what little knowledge I had. So I would spend hours on the phone just talking to people, trying to walk them through how to do you know certain things. A lot of people were trying to build their own websites. That spawned my first business, which was web design. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, how did you make those first dollars? Okay, gotcha. So you were teaching people how to do their own web design. Right. And I was literally, like I say, just spending a lot of time talking to people initially because like I say, there was a lot of distrust on the relationships that you were forming online. Is this person real? I mean, there's still some of that, but most people don't even hesitate to put their credit card out there anymore or even feel like that the person on the other side of that little box on social media isn't real. The whole culture has totally shifted. Yeah, most definitely. So it's interesting. So you were being visible online. I'm kind of using air quotes at this point. Being on these message boards, but at the end of the day, in order to close a sale, you were talking to people one-on-one over and over and over again. Yes. And then interestingly enough, the funny part was once you start... or Certainly with me, what happened was once I got that first client and then the next client, and then it became a word-of-mouth thing. People would start to share and then the phone would ring on my end, not me trying to facilitate the client relationship. Now, how did you feel about that? This is totally me projecting. I would imagine that it's probably a little bit more okay now to answer your phone, act professionally, and have a kid screaming in the background. Like It's a little bit more okay. I, I still hesitate to think that it's even still okay because there's still a lot of expectation about having a professional conversation, right? Yes. What did that look like for you in those early years, having little ones in the background, knowing you needed to answer the phone and trying to figure that out? Well, it was always a balance. And I tried to schedule... My husband was in this in special ops. So he was gone, I mean, literally 200 plus days a year. So oh. I was a single mom for all intents and purposes. And so it's like just a constant like struggle. And once I started making a little bit of money, I hired a neighbor. And so she would come over you know, during the day and kind of help me out around the house. And then I would try to do phone calls during certain times specifically when there was nap time, you know, when everybody was down for a nap, that was kind of my phone time. But there were many times because my... And and I see this happening nowadays as well, except it's slightly different because it's not so much phone calls, it's text or being on social media or whatever, but it's still the phone. But there were so many times when my little ones would say, no more phone, mommy, no more phone, Mm. you know, and you're like... They know they're not, you know, even though I was sitting there in many cases, I can remember many, many times playing Legos on the floor while on the phone. They knew I wasn't present with them. How do you feel about that now? Because I really, really am so proud of the fact that like, I feel like I've sort of organized my week so that when Sedona's at school, I can work and be working person, right? And when she's not at school and she's home with me, I'm like super present mom. But I think that there are pros and cons to that as well because she also gets super used to me being there all the time. And somebody had suggested on the Mompreneur series last year, they're like, it's actually a good thing for your kids to kind of watch you work and know that you are doing something else and you're not just 100% mom to them all the time. So what are your thoughts on that now when you look back? 
I think there needs to be a balance. And I do agree that it's good for them to see the work and understand that, okay, listen, this is mommy work time right now. But as soon as I'm finished, I'm going to be all yours. You know, if you're going to make cookies or whatever it is that you're going to do with them, even if it's sitting down watching TV or playing Legos or whatever it is. But knowing that there is a segment of time where you have to do what you have to do. I also believe that there's seasons in our life as it relates to work. And most of the time, I don't think that we put boundaries on any of this. I'm speaking from experience. And I know you've probably talked to your community about this before, where it's so easy to get sucked in. And, oh, it'll only take me five minutes. Or, oh, it's only going to take me 30 minutes. And then before you know it, it's two hours later and the kids are in bed. And you didn't even get a chance to kiss them goodnight. Now that's okay once in a while. Like I say, you may want to be doing a product launch or you may have a big client or something going on that requires more of your time that would normally be devoted to the children, you know, that kind of thing. So I think there's seasons, but it can't be always on. You know, you can't always shove the kids to the back burner just because you've got the business things going on and put boundaries around even the time that where you have to say, okay, I do have to do this, but it'll take this much time. And then make sure it doesn't take you any more than that time. Even if you have to circle back to it after they go to bed, because their expectations, I think, and you never want them to feel like your work is so much more important than them. I think that's the key. And probably if I had it to do over, well, I know if I had it to do over, I would definitely establish those boundaries because I mixed them so often where I was, I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, I was there if they had a boo-boo. I mean, I was there, but it was very much overlapped work and play literally simultaneously. And like I said, they knew that my attention was not a hundred percent on them. Yeah. Have you had seasons over these years where you've experienced the opposite? So totally get it and am on board with the fact that sometimes there are seasons when you're like working more and there's more hours to be spent, i.e. less hours to be spent with the kiddos. Sometimes that's like a particular week. Sometimes that's maybe a particular couple of months or whatever that might be. But I get it and it's not good for long term. Have you experienced the opposite where there have been times in your business where you on either side of that fence needed to be with your kids a lot more, wanted to be with your kids a lot more than you really needed or wanted to be working or your business just required less of you in a particular season? And those are the opportunities where you should just really not try to create more work just to fill in the hours. You need to just say, oh, woo, look at this. Now what can I do with my children? And really devote the time and energy that you would normally put into your business to that. So let me share this with you. What's going to happen as they get a little bit older is they get used to the fact that mom is doing whatever during this block of time and woohoo, I can go do whatever I need to do. And the time that you get to spend with them, they'll eventually pull away and maybe not want to spend as much time with you. So it's one of those things where in some cases, like thankfully our boys, both of them do enjoy spending time with us, but we actually cultivate that now where like we have a family vacation every year and our goal is to always have that. We ran into, just as a quick story here, we ran into an an older gentleman when we were on a ski trip one year and he was getting like 72 ski lift tickets. And we're like, dude, I mean, I can't even imagine what the bill was for that, right? So, cause we're buying our four or five or whatever it was at the time. And so he got to share on that. He started this tradition years ago where he wanted to make sure that at least once a year, he could gather his family together and they would all come. 
So every year he does a all paid for you vacation because he says, if he doesn't, who's going to come? <laughs> You know, I thought that was a brilliant concept where once a year or as often as you can, mine are now grown. They have their own lives or at least pieces of their lives that don't overlap into our world anymore. And so having that paid for vacation opportunity is like amazing opportunity to just spend quality time with them. But that said, both of my boys do really seem to, you know, and they'll tell you that, yeah, we like hanging out with you guys, but maybe we're not the traditional parents in some ways. In some ways, I guess we are. But making those opportunities to spend time with them and have them feel like that you're always there, that you will always be in their corner, I think is important because they need to know that, you know, you're there. And the older they get, they, like I say, they start developing their own lives, their own friends, their own relationships. And if you don't have a voice in that, you could possibly diminish the relationship or the potential for the relationship that you may have with them. Yeah. uh, So true. So true. I think we can get caught up in thinking that this life as a mompreneur, this life as a mom and this life as a business person. Yes, we know it's tough. It's challenging. But on the outside, it just looks like you're good. Kim, you're great. You're great at managing this mom thing. You're great at managing your businesses. And we forget about the bazillion little moments, the ups, the downs. I mean, all of that sort of stuff. Can you describe or can you remember either one moment or just a general maybe statement in in general about when you felt what I call the pull? A lot of people call it mommy guilt. I don't like to believe in mommy guilt, but I call it the pull. Like, I feel like I should be with the kid or with the kids and or I feel like I I really still want to work or I want to be with my kid, but I have to finish this work thing. Like, How have you dealt with that pull? And can you remember a time where it just was like almost not necessarily crushing, but just like, it wasn't awesome. Like it wasn't, it was like one of those moments that isn't pretty, you know? Well, it can be, it can be soul crushing. There's variations of it, I think, where you're putting your little one to bed at night. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. And he's like, oh, lay down here with me and, until I go to sleep. And you're thinking, oh, I, no, I can't do that. I got work to do. Those little moments when, you know, those are times when I was like, why didn't I just lay there, you know, even if I went to sleep, which was always my fear that I would go to sleep myself and then I wouldn't get the work done. And let's just be real with ourselves as it relates to being mompreneurs, because as it, I think there's an ego thing going on here with us. As we start to see some success in our business, we get really invested in that success. And it's a little bit of an ego build for us where we've done this, we've built this, we can't let it fail kind of mentality. And it gets to a place where that pull can really stroke our ego. Let's just be honest about it. And then the flip side of it is, okay, these little ones, they're so important to me. I don't want to not give them the time and attention that they need. So it's a constant balance and a constant struggle. But that was a, a, that's a small thing, obviously. So a big thing. I got an opportunity to, and this still makes me almost cry when I talk about this, but I got an opportunity to speak to the National Association of Professional Women. And there was two keynotes. One was Ariana Huffington and the other one was Martha Stewart. And I was on a panel. So here I am, little old me and names like Ariana Huffington and Martha Stewart. It just happened that it was over my son's 16th birthday my baby's 16th birthday. So what do you think I did? I took the speaking gig. And yeah, 
I have regretted it. What was going on in your head during that time? Because I feel like all of us try to make the best decision in the moment for all involved, right? So what was going on in your mind during that time? And then what ultimately led you to that decision? Well, we talked about it as a family. My son is like, mom, this is no big deal. It's my birthday, but it is a big deal. It's always been a big deal. And my mom always made birthdays our special day. And I've done the same thing. And then I wasn't around on that day, you know, and it was a biggie. It was his 16th birthday. He, of course, assured me it was no big deal. But in hindsight, he's 16. Of course, he's going to say that, right? Who wouldn't? I would have said the same, but I honestly have regretted that decision. Like I said, there's variations of things that happen and the choices we make based on some of it is ego and some of it is necessity or what we feel is necessity in that moment where you know we've got to get stuff done for the client or whatever. Somebody's paying us, therefore we've got to make sure we get stuff done. That's balancing, right? And then sometimes it's choice. And then sometimes we just don't maybe make the right decisions in the moment based on where we are. I would like to say though, that we need to give ourselves grace in these moments because I have forgiven myself for that, but that was an extreme example of the pull and the opportunities that come our way versus family life. You do have to give yourself grace because you will make the wrong decisions sometimes. And you just have to make up for that somewhere else. Or there are like the seasons in life and in your business, there's going to be super busy times where maybe the reward once you finish is taking them to Bush Gardens or something. I mean, there's things that you just will have to give yourself some grace over or it will eat you up. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I was about to ask you like, okay, there's got to be a moment we all experience this where you don't make the right decision or you realize afterwards like, ah, man, that wasn't it. And you really have, in order to be your best self, you really have to forgive and to have grace. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. I have found it very helpful along my journey as a mompreneur to see examples of other women. It's part of a selfish reason why I actually do this mompreneur series because it gives me a really good excuse to have such an intimate conversation that awesomely I get to share with everyone else listening about this journey, right? And as I'm constantly evolving through mine... But I really... I have found mentors in other mompreneurs and other women who are doing this same thing. Many of them are the ones with little ones. And I am like, okay, that's an example of she can do this and she can be this great mom. And okay, that's awesome. I just need to see that it can be done, right? Or it can be done in the way that I believe that it can be done. Many of these women have no idea that I consider them a mentor. But many of them I just look up to as sort of my foremothers, if you will. Some of them are younger than me. But like foremothers, like they have embarked on this journey earlier than I have have some lessons to share and some wisdom to share. Did you have and do you have folks and ladies that you consider mentors or considered mentors back in those early years, especially like as you were really kind of in the thick of all of that stuff? Not from the mompreneur's perspective, because like in the early days, there was one, you really didn't connect with people like you do today. It's, it's a totally different environment. And you couldn't see into other people's businesses like you do today. There was no visibility necessarily. So no, I really didn't have that. And then I also had kind of like an old school environment where, why are you building a business anyway? I've always said I'm really not like a lot of women because I never had the connection of other like-minded women. 
now we can have those relationships and they are invaluable. And I look now and I see people doing certain things. Like I'll give you a quick example. My friend Shalene Johnson is very dedicated to family first. She learned early on what I should have learned in the sense that big opportunities don't equate to trading family time or opportunities within the family to, you know, between the two, you know. So she's very, very focused on if something comes her way that doesn't suit with what her family boundaries are, then she just turns it down. And I hadn't learned that. And I hadn't ever really seen that example when I was coming along. So I love that you said that because there are people now you can see, you know, and you get to see examples of what's going on. That said, I'm sure Shalene would say this, that she has failed too. Oh, yeah. There's been times where she did things that might not be exactly in alignment with her family value system. But having that, and I think it's important, and I will say this because I've learned this from her, decide what your line is, your family line. Is it that you're never going to miss a football game? Is it that you're never going to miss a birthday? What is your line? And then make sure that you put boundaries around those things. If you get an opportunity or you know something comes your way or you have a new client and you know it's going to interfere with XYZ, just make sure you state that up front. Tell the client, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this or whatever. But put boundaries around whatever your line is and then protect it. I love that. Being able to do that requires that you do some internal soul searching to decide what your boundaries are really going to be. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. And by doing that, that actually keeps the ego in check. That keeps the family in check. I mean, that really, that's really building your life kind of from the inside out, if you will, because you're forcing yourself to make decisions and create those boundaries based on what's important to you, what's important to your family, what's important to your business, like having respect for all of those. And, you know, I never, to go back to your original question, I never had those examples. Much of what I have done has just been pure trial and error and a lot of error, you know? And like I say, the good news is that now that you can connect with like-minded women, now that you can have relationships with people that are in the same boat, that are going through the same struggles, that are trying to balance, if there is such a thing as balance, I'm pretty sure there isn't. (laughs) (laughs) everybody's life is different. Everybody's scenarios are different. I think that's why you really just have to stop and say, what is truly important to me? And what am I not going to do in my business? And make that your, like I said, that's your line. Where are you going to draw the line to where it doesn't impact your family? I love that. So what does your life look like now? Tell me a little bit about what you got going on in business now. Your kids are obviously out of the house. What does your family structure look like in addition to this once a year family vacation? Like what is the whole mompreneur scene that you live in now? Well, now my youngest is getting ready to graduate from college. I think he's coming home for a little bit until he figures out what's next for him, finding the job and, you know, getting the next his next season in line. But literally, anytime they're home, life just like is like golden for me. So when your kids leave and you're an empty nester and they come home, one or two of them or three of them or however many you have, and you wake up that morning and you know they're in your house, it's like nirvana. It's like... (laughs) 
clients are home. Yes. The most amazing feeling ever. And we really go all out to when they are home. Like we devote every bit of time we possibly can. You know, what do they want to do? Where do they want to go? They just want to hang out. Do you want to talk? Whatever it is, we're our focus is pretty much around whatever it is that they want to do. You know, within reason, obviously. But the focus is really about them when they're around. Now, obviously, when my youngest comes home and he's here each and every day, life will go back to some semblance of normalcy. And my oldest, of course, is he's in the military. So same when he gets home. It's a big to-do around here. <laughs> and then it's weird when the kids are not home. When you're an empty nester, you go back to really just the relationship you have with your husband. And nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. But but when you're married and you have children, you know how it goes. Life revolves and priorities are focused around the children. So when they leave, you go back to the relationship and become friends and become you know, more connected to each other again than you were before. In some ways, a deeper relationship than you had before simply because you're it. Yeah. And you've now had this whole 27 year, 23 year experience with each other, right? Right. right. So like I say, the kids were the priority. Now each other are the priority. So it's just a different thing, but it's a good thing. It's all part of life. I've said this uh, numerous times throughout my mompreneur career is that I have loved every season of my kids' lives. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, I'm constantly telling younger parents who have little ones, enjoy it. Even the things that you just hate, that are just killing you, that are life-sucking, there'll be a day when you will wish for that moment again. My youngest had colic and for three months he was a bear. Oh man. I'm like, man, I would so do that again, you know. <laughs> wow. So yeah, right. I mean that's hardcore, girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking in my mind, like, nope, I think I could actually like not change another poopy diaper. Like that'd be awesome. <laughs> or not wash another bottle. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but it's just kind of like when you have them, you're like in that moment, like I am never having another child. Right? <laughs> Because you're like, this is not fun. But then it fades. And so the memories of, you know, even the bad stuff, there'll be a time when, you know, little things like the noise in the house. That's one of the most amazing things when they're home. There's like noise. I mean, even when they're older, like mine are older, they clomp up and down the steps. They play their music. There's like noise that isn't normal, you know, without them here. And so that's just like golden moments. So I guess my point is that every stage of their lives has been amazing. And we're anxiously looking forward to grandbabies at some point. I'm not sure when we'll get them, but <laughs> that'll be our next journey. <laughs> Are you those grandparents like, so when are we getting grandbabies? Come on. <laughs> my husband is pretty bad. Yes, I will admit it. And he's like, I can't just go next door and say, can I borrow your kids to play with? He said, that's just not going to go over well. That's so cute. That's really cute. <laughs> but he's, he's, uh, I've often said that I've got three kids. He is a big kid too. And he's yeah. <laughs> anxiously awaiting for grandbabies to play with. That's yeah. cute. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Kim, this has been such an awesome conversation. I sincerely appreciate the truth, just this open conversation about this whole journey that you've had thus far and uh, will continue to have. I just thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. And hopefully, like I say, something I've said has will give somebody a little grace, maybe if they feel like they need it, because it happens to all of us. And just know you're not alone. 
That's the whole point, actually, of Biz Women Rock. You are not alone. You are not alone. in this together. Yep. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Some of my coaching clients come to me because they are so incredibly determined to get to that next phase of their business and they just need some help doing it. Some of my clients come to me because they are so overwhelmed and in the throes of chaos and they come to me for focus and clarity and intentional strategies. But overall, all of my clients come to me because they crave to do more to show up more in line with who they are and what they love to do in this world in a way that gives them the business that they love. Some people call me a business coach. Some people call me a business strategist. Others call me their business therapist. Whatever kind of support you need, that is what I am here to provide. If you are ready to get your business to the next phase that you know you are ready for, or you are so done with all of that chaos and overwhelm and you're ready to make some serious moves and push through that chaos, then let's chat. Right now, I have three spots open for private clients. And if you are ready for the clarity and the results and ultimately the joy that comes along with a customized support, then working privately with me might be exactly what you need. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash work with Katie and go schedule a free 15 minute match session so that you and I can get on a call and make sure we are the perfect match.